0: What is up, guys? Hello and welcome to episode fifty-three of the Ford Progress Football Podcast. I'm your host Zach Party, and today we're going to be recapping the Thursday night football game from last night and then previewing all the upcoming slate of NFL games. Let's get right on into it. Right, so, starting off with last night's game, Colts beating the Broncos, twelve to nine, an overtime thriller. Was <sighs> that the worst ever primetime game? Like neither one of these teams are good. Like They might have good defenses, but these offenses might as well not just not even be taking the field at this point. Wilson, he was absolutely terrible today. I thought he could maybe start, like, to find success with the Broncos after playing pretty good against the Raiders last week, but it probably says more about the Raiders than just the Broncos at this point. His two interceptions might have been the two worst throws I've ever seen. Like, first, he just hucks it up while under pressure, straight to a safety. Like, his receiver nowhere near where he's throwing. He doesn't even look where he's throwing. And then the second one, game's almost over. Game would be over if they just, like, run out the clock a tiny bit more because no way the Colts are going to score a touchdown, like, just kick a field goal in this situation, you know? But instead, he decides to target... Tyree Cleveland who's covered by Stephon Gilmore Stephon Gilmore has underneath coverage on a like why why would you throw that I get the pressure was coming in just take the sack kick the field goal because you guys would have wasted more time I had about like a minute 20 on the clock for the Colts who haven't been able to move the ball all game they aren't scoring a touchdown on you it they, they Rush just threw the game away at that moment But, to be fair, the Colts weren't even really trying to win it on their own end, either. Um, Apparently, Matt Ryan left his hands in Atlanta because he fumbles every single time he's breathed on. It's honestly getting hilarious at this point. Um, Not to mention, he had two picks, thrown as well. Um, So, between these two quarterbacks, there were four interceptions and three fumbles. But, all the fumbles were recovered by the offense somehow, not the defense. uh, Just some luck. On the bright side, though, at least both these defenses played pretty well, especially their pass rushes. Um, Both were really getting after the quarterback. The Broncos had a total of six sacks. The Colts had four. Barham Browning looked really good for the Broncos in relief of Randy Gregory. And then for the Colts, Pierce stepped up offensively. Um, He looked really good this game, the rookie out of Cincinnati. He had eight catches on nine targets for 81 yards. Hopefully this is something to build upon. So Colts are still very much alive in the AFC South. The Broncos are... By record alive, but they're they're just flopping around like a dead fish, honestly. Like, I I have zero faith in them being able to be a confident team this year. All right, now moving on to previewing some games instead of talking about that. Honestly, it was kind of funny watching it because it was just, is this even real? But done talking about that, let's move on to the Giants at the Packers, the London game, Packers being eight-point favorites. Um, First point I'm going to be looking at is, can the Packers run the bounce back after looking pretty poor last week against the Patriots? Um, Yeah, they were just ran all over, especially up the middle by Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris. Now you're going against the Giants, who have a pretty good rushing attack themselves with um, dual-threat quarterback Daniel Jones and and, uh, Saquon Barkley as the running back. So the Packers' defense is going to need to step up if they're going to want to keep this game as, like like the Apo favorites, if they want to cover that spread at all, or even in general, when they're going to need to limit this run defense. Then Aaron Rodgers and this offense was really slow starting last week, which allowed a team with a third string quarterback to hang around. And so like, are they going to struggle to put up points again offensively? Like this offense has been, I mean, disappointing for me, because I thought this round and pound game on this offensive line was going to be killer. And I thought Aaron Rodgers was going to be able to make, work some magic to still make this a pretty good offense. But right now it's just been like, Met at best, are they going to be able to do enough to keep away from the Giants who really haven't put up many points at all this season, but still have been putting up about 20 points a game? And then will Daniel Jones be healthy enough this week to contribute on the ground game? He messed up his ankle a bit, so will he be able to roll out and do all those naked bootlegs that were so successful last week, or is this offense going to be Limited by his inability to do read options and stuff being a mobile is he gonna have to be a pocket passer, which he's not the best at um I do see that kind of limiting him a bit like he's gonna have to be dealing with that discomfort and stuff But I think that the Giants will do enough to cover but ultimately the Packers will win this game Then we have the Steelers at the Bills um, Kenny Pickett, he's going to have a full week to prepare this time. He's going to be working with the ones he's going to, this is going to be his first game as the, going into it as a starter, but he is facing one of the league's best defenses instead of the Jets. So how's that going to dictate his performance? Is that extra preparation? Is he going to be like one of these quarterbacks that he gets the work in and he's going to be a goon or is it going to be like kind of matchup dependent? It's like, oh yeah, he is a rookie facing the freaking Bills. Um. Secondly, the picket to Pickens connection already looks like absolutely electric. Will the Bills be able to limit this like rookie to rookie connection or are these guys really on the way to being the next great duo already? And then after looking unstoppable in the first two weeks, the Bills lose a game and then have to come back after being down 17, scoring just 19 and 23 points in those efforts. Did teams figure out this offense, or was it just two like strong defensive performances in a row? We'll have to see. I do think the Steelers cover because that's 14 points spread, that's crazy. Um, but the Bills are going to ultimately win it. Then we have the Falcons at the Buccaneers, the Buccaneers being 9.5 point favorites. The Falcons offense has been surprisingly good, especially the rushing attack. Uh, facing the Buccaneers defense, that just surrendered 189 yards to the Chiefs, can the Tyler Algier and Caleb Huntley-led backfield produce similar numbers even without Cordero Patterson? And then I mentioned last week how AJ Terrell seems to be struggling a bit more against these physical-type contested catch receivers, and this week it's likely that he's going to match up a lot against Mike Evans. Will this be the case, like, or are they going to try to move him around so he's gone Godwin or Julio or other receivers more? And if Evans does line up against um... Terrell, is he going to be able to get the upper hand in this matchup? Lastly, the Buccaneers are still hamstrung with injuries. They have four receivers limited in practice this week, along with a slew of other players. Are they going to be able to hold on to this um, NFC South, like, number one right now? Like, if they lose to the Falcons this week, the Falcons are the number one team in the NFC South. Um, I think the Falcons are going to cover this 9.5-point spread just because the Buccaneers are dealing with a ton of serious injuries. But... It is Tom Brady in the Bucs. So I'm gonna give the Bucks the win in this one. Um, and then we have the Dolphins at the Jets, Dolphins being three and a half point favorites. Zach Wilson will be making a second straight start this season. And after a first half that was pretty slow and honestly not very good, he looked amazing down the stretch. Like as I said, I think he has it. Like something in him just clicked and he just played amazing, connecting with Davis and Wilson, looking like A young franchise quarterback, like someone who still definitely has his flaws, but someone who has that potential. So can he build off that success going into this week? And then Teddy Bridgewater, he's going to be the starting quarterback for the Dolphins this week with Tua's injury. And I'm kind of concerned about them. This year, they scored 20 points in week one, which included a defensive touchdown. Exploded for 42. And then back-to-back games of 21 and 15. Teddy looked out of sync in this offense, and despite all the praise that we've been heaping on the Dolphins, it's not like they've been a crazy, explosive, great offense outside of really that one game. Like, yeah, and with a backup quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater, who is one of the best backups, but I I just don't really have high expectations for this offense when I went back and looked at what they've actually been doing so far this year. And then the Dolphins are also starting to accumulate a large list of injuries, Having many players set out of practice on Wednesday, and I don't know how many of these players including Xaven Howard, Tron Armstead, Jalen Waddle, how many of them will end up playing, but it is concerning to see how many are going to be questionable, especially after losing a quarterback. Um, I do think that the Jets are going to be able to capitalize this cover and win. Then we have the Chargers as two and a half point favorites against the Browns. The Chargers were able to overcome a lot of their injuries last week. in. Including along the offensive line, where the rookie was Jamal looks looked great. And also, Justin Herbert should be healthier this week, and we should see that more aggressive version of him rather than the one we saw last week. However, the Browns are getting Miles Garrett back this week as well, and he's going to have a huge advantage on either tackle, at least on paper. So, we'll see how the Chargers plan it to counter him. And then the Chargers made some really key additions this offseason to try to improve their run D, including um, Khalil Mack and Sebastian Joseph Day. Because last year the Browns were able to run all over them. Um, Are they going to be able to help limit this two-headed attack of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt and allow their offense to dictate the terms instead of the Browns getting on it and just trying to run the clock down with their two running backs? Um, I think the Chargers will be able to be effective against this Browns team. Jacoby Brissett looked like a backup last week, and I'm worried that he just kind of had a little magic moment, and now he's going back to who he is. Uh, I think the Chargers are going to be able to cover and win. Then we have the Bears at the Vikings, Vikings being 7.5 points favorites. The Bears offense is the saddest thing I've ever seen, outside of, like, Thursday night football, but there's just been no passing game. It's been averaging less than 100 yards per game, and while their running game has been good, it's been good to the tune of the second lowest yards per game and the second lowest points per game, averaging only 16 points per game right now. And in addition to that, it's looking like it's going to be another week without David Montgomery, and therefore another week for Cleo Herbert to try to convince the Bears to keep him as the running back one, with Montgomery's contract coming up too. Uh, the Vikings do have a pretty middle-of-the-road run defense, And so the Bears could be able to pull off the upset off the backs of Herbert, but it does hurt not having Montgomery in there. And then lastly, the Vikings, they've been pretty consistent so far outside of the Kirk Cousins primetime game. So I don't see any reason why the Bears would be the ones to slow them down defensively, um, especially when like the Packers and the Saints who have pretty good defenses were unable to do so. So I have the Vikings covering and winning this. Then we have the Texans at the Jags, Jags being seven-point favorites. Trevor Lawrence, he turned the ball over five times on Sundays, four of Richard fumbles, and yet the Jags were really in the game until the end against the Eagles, who are the NFL's last undefeated team. Now they face the NFL's lone winless team in a game where it doesn't look like it's going to be raining. It doesn't look too good for the Texans. <clears throat> However, last week, Texans rookie Damien Pierce had a breakout game with 14 carries for 130 yards. However, 75 of those yards came on a single play, and he was also the only player for the Texans to have a rushing attempt. The ground game needs to be more diverse, they can't just be only throwing it when Damien Pierce isn't in the game, like that's just a huge tip off of the defense. And then lastly, I also want to see this Texans passing attack a bit more. Um, I'm kind of buying into the individual pieces a little bit more than I was at the beginning of the season. Cooks looks good. He looks like a wide receiver one. I kind of already was thinking that, but Collins is also really coming along. Looks like he could be the solid number two wide receiver for years to come here. And then they have three quality tight ends in Howard, Atkins, and Brown. Mills has also looked pretty decent this year. I'm somewhat sold on him being like the long-term solution for the Texans, but he's playing decent and so has a runway to be a starter in the NFL, whether it's for this team or another team down the line. However, I do think the Jaguars would be able to cover this 7-point spread and win. Then we have the Lions at the Patriots, Patriots being 3.5-point favorites. The Lions have been one of the most exciting teams this season and that's because they have the number one scoring offense averaging 35 points per game and then the number 32 scoring defense (laughs) averaging 35.3 points allowed per game. And then the Patriots, they were able to hang around with the Packers last week with a third string quarterback. Bailey is happy. Jones is unlikely to go again this week, but as I just mentioned the Lions defense has been pretty atrocious so far So will they be able to hold them around once again? And lastly the Lions are really dealing with a bunch of injuries too with Swift and St. Brown not practicing still and Chark, Hawkinson, Reynolds, Jackson, and Ragnow amongst many others are all limited. Last week the Lions were able to overcome these injuries and still put up 45 points albeit in a losing effort, but Going against a much more disciplined defense, I'm worried that they won't be able to repeat such efforts. However, they were able to do so last week and I really doubted that they'd be able to do so and I'm kind of betting on them. Not obviously exploding for 45 again, but being able to do enough because I really don't see the Bailey Zappi outpacing this offense. So I think the Lions will be able to cover and win. Then we have the Titans at the Commanders. Commanders being one and a half point favorites. Henry had his first 100 yard game last week this year and his first game also averaging over 5 yards per carry. It took him a few weeks to get going and he and the rest of this Titans offense didn't really do much in the second half either, but it looks like Derrick Henry is coming back so we'll see if he can fully establish his return in this game. However, the Titans offense needs to do better in general in the second half. As I mentioned before, they haven't scored in the second half since week 1 against the Giants. The Commanders haven't shown to be this high octane offense this year so they very much could get away with. Uh, Zero points in the second half game once again, but it would really help to build confidence in this team if they were able to You know do something in the second half Then the commander's offensive line was just wrecked two weeks in a row and the Titans have a pretty good interior rush duo with Jeffrey Simmons and Danico Autry, but with Landry out for the season and Dupree and Adeneye both not practicing so far this week due to injuries this could be a bit of a get right game for them. And Carson Wentz, when not under pressure, is a pretty good quarterback. I think like there's just the disparity. Like once he starts getting pressured, that's when you see oh, this like turnover machine, laughing stock quirks and Wentz. But when he's got a clean pocket and good receivers, which he does in Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, and Curtis Samuel, he could have a pretty good game. And I'm gonna predict that. I think the commanders are gonna be able to cover this and win. Then we have the Seahawks at the Saints, the Saints being six-point favorites. The Seahawks had an offensive explosion last week, and this team looks really good on that side of the ball. Geno Smith looks like a top-16 quarterback, Rashad Penny is a great running back when healthy, and DK and Lockett are a great one-two punch at wide receiver. Throw in three good tight ends with Fant, Disley, and Parkinson, and yeah, they're set offensively. They were slow starting not really do much offensively in the first two games but geno smith became a bit more aggressive against the falcons and then limited those mistakes that he was making against the lions showing the true upside of this offense for the saints though it looks like winston and thomas are both going to be out once again this week obviously having thomas is going to be a big blow to this offense like having him out But I did think that this offense looked a lot smoother last week when it was led by Andy Dalton. So I want to see if Dalton can put together another solid performance. And lastly, these rookie tackles for the Seahawks have looked really good, especially third-round pick, Abraham Lucas. Now they're going to be facing a formidable duo, though, and Cam Jordan and Marcus Davenport, which I think could really give them struggle, causing Gino to be under pressure and not play as clean of a game. So while I do have the Seahawks covering, I think the Saints are going to be able to pull this out and win. Then we have the Niners six and a half point favors at the Panthers. The Niners defense looks like one of the best in the league so far with talent on all three levels, like Nick Bosa, Fred Warner, Traverius Ward and Talanoa Hufanga. Now they're going to be facing against the Panthers, who have been lifeless on offense thus far. This could just be a slaughterhouse show by this defense. Baker, he just hasn't looked good as a Panther at all. He's done one touchdown in each game, no more, no less, and has three picks on the season. He hasn't done for over 200 yards since week one, and I don't see how Baker's going to turn the corner against this defense. However, the Niners' offense hasn't been impressive either jimmy g always seems to have an inability to see a linebacker in the middle of the field and the panthers have a couple good ones and shaq thompson frankie louver and corey littleton so look for them to get a couple hands-on balls even maybe an interception or two and give the niners some serious problems but i think the niners will end up covering and winning then we have the cowboys uh, at the rams rams being five and a half point favorites it looks like this will be another cooper rush game as prescott still isn't fully back from his thumb injury he hasn't been a world beater so far as although he didn't throw any picks last week, he did have two negated by unrelated penalties This offense is really limited without Dak and also Lambs can be questionable for this upcoming game So I am a bit worried about how much this offense will be able to produce against the good defense I'm also worried about the Rams offensive ability to produce though Their offensive line has been terrible this season and the Cowboys definitely not the team that you won't be facing when you're going through that with Michael Parson, um, Tank Lawrence and Dorrance Armstrong all getting after it so far this season I am really excited to see the matchup between Trayvon Diggs and Cooper Cup though last week Diggs had his best game completely shutting down McLaurin and whoever else he lined up against however Cooper Cup has been unstoppable so far so this is going to be a real strength on strength game and I just want to see who's going to come out on top on top if I had to bet I'd probably say Cup just because Cup's been more consistent so far but I think Diggs will really get his due in this and the Cowboys will end up covering this 5.5 point spread and winning outright. Then we have the Eagles being 5 point favorites at the Cardinals. The Eagles are the lone remaining undefeated team in the NFL and they have shown that they can win in multiple ways as they've had explosive offenses both through the ground and in the passing game. The Cardinals don't have the best pass defense so I could see them just taking advantage of that all day. And defensively, the Eagles has also been world beaters. Darius Slame and James Bradbury have been the best duo in the league so far, and this defensive line has been great with a super deep solid rotation of 8 players all up front contributing. The Cardinals offense has been like the opposite of the Titans so far. They take a while to figure out how they want to beat the defense they are facing. It's like they need to see what's happening in person and then figure out at halftime how they want to adjust to counter it. However, I don't think that they're going to be able to do that against the Eagles. Like, if they start to fall behind, I don't think that they're going to be able to pull off one of these miraculous comebacks. The Eagles, therefore, I think are going to be able to cover this five-point spread and win. Then for Sunday night, we have the Bengals at the Ravens. Ravens three-point favorites. The Ravens started off really hot last week against the Bills, going up 20-3 early, but then they couldn't score again, falling 20-23. to They failed to really get Mark Andrews involved, so... I think that they're going to try to get him involved early and often. Uh, they do have a good linebacker in Logan Wilson, the Bengals do at least. So that c- could give them a bit of problems, but I think Mark Andrews is in a different class than Logan Wilson. So far this year, it feels like T Higgins has been the Bengals' wide receiver one. And the Dolphins seem to think so too, having Xavier and Howard follow him around all game. So will Zach Taylor switch things up this game and make Chase more of a focal point? or? Do they really like? Do the Bengals also see Chase as the complimentary piece with Higgins being the real star of the show? And lastly, Trey Hendrickson for the Bengals have been having. And lastly, the, Trey Hendrickson for the Bengals have been having a pretty good season so far once again, but it does look like all-pro tackle Ronnie Stanley will be making his season debut, so. Will Stanley look rusty in this game, or is he going to be able to keep Lamar's line, blindside safe? I think it will be a pretty close game overall, but I do have the um sorry the Ravens pulling away and winning this game and covering. Then we have the Raiders at the Chiefs, Chiefs being 7-point favorites. The Raiders finally got things going last week against the Broncos, especially on the ground. However, this past game was really underwhelming still, with Carr only going for 189 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. And also looking back at that game now after that... Thursday night hole. The Raiders gave up 23 points to the Broncos, and now they face the Chiefs. The Chiefs got their offensive groove back last week, making a top tier defense in the Bucs look like a college team. Now they face the Raiders. Patrick Mahomes is back to being the best in the league, and this ground game is firing on all cylinders. If they play like this every week, I don't see anyone stopping that, much less the Raiders. The only way I can see the Raiders even making this game close is Max Crosby having a monster game, or Chandler Jones? Someone along this defensive line, still not sold on the Chiefs' pass protection. Like they've only given up two sacks this season, but a ton of pressures, especially Orlando Brown. Like I don't think he's going to be worth whatever money they pay him. And the Raiders have a really solid front form that could cause some havoc up there, especially with Max Crosby going against Andrew Wiley. He'd have to have like a career-type game, like a signature moment for him to slow down this offense. And Mahomes, he's been a magician under pressure this season. So it may not even matter if Cosby gets in his face. I think the Chiefs are going to have a pretty easy one at this, covering and winning. All right, so that's going to do it for today's episode. Let me know what you guys think. Um, if you're on YouTube, leave a comment. Give me some of your picks below. And if leave a like and subscribe. And then if you're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever else you might be listening to this, leave a five-star review, and I'll see you all next time.